Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Psychology 360 podcast. Today, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different than the usual interview setup, and I'm actually going to make a solo cast where I will be discussing a topic, which is adult ADHD. Uh, this will be something that I will do uh, regularly. I will bring up uh, current topics, including topics that I'm involved with in terms of research. And I find that the topic of adult ADHD is one that should be discussed a little bit more. Um, by the way, I did my PhD on this topic and more specifically uh, how adult ADHD is correlated with uh, certain lifestyles. And basically this should give us a, a tips or some tips on how to work with the condition and how to manage it. So let's begin. Uh, with the basics. So what is ADHD? Obviously, it stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, and it's usually understood to be a childhood condition. But as of 2013, this has changed, and the DSM-5 has uh, added the category of adult ADHD, which may or may not um, connect with childhood ADHD. In some cases, it can uh, be, it can start later on in life, like after adolescence, although this is more rare. Uh, in terms of uh, the kids that get it, that have it, it's, um, some of them grow out of it, and in some research, that's about 50% of cases, so that's good news. Um, what are some of the some of the factors that that can um, that can lead to ADHD. There are some biological factors. It seems to have a um, a genetic genetic um, uh, predisposition, but it's also connected to a lot of um, lifestyles and a lot of uh, things people do. And it can start, you know, early on in the womb. Um, in terms of exposure to certain chemicals, in terms of exposures uh, to, think, to, to certain drugs, and more specifically, when uh, doing a literature review article with some colleagues, we found some very interesting um, factors that can play a role in, in the development of ADHD. Uh, some of these uh, included uh, plastic additives such as BPA, and I know that in many places, uh, bisphenol A has there's wide awareness regarding to, to this substance, and it's been phased out in some of the products. But incredibly, this product was placed in a lot of children toys, and you know kids are exploring, especially at an, at an early age, through their mouth. So they're putting this stuff in their mouth and absorbing. BPA, which is a, um, a chemical which disbalances the endocrine system, so the hormonal system, which can have a variety of health conditions and create problems. But in terms of ADHD, it has been associated with ADHD. And this is not uh, just a correlational thing. This is uh, based on animal studies looking at um, rats and hyperactive 
behavior after um, they had been exposed um, to the substance uh, while they were uh, they were in, inside the womb of the mother. Uh, aside from that, a lot of you know most people are aware of the uh, dangers of drinking uh, while pregnant, but what few people know is that also binging on sugar can have a similar effect uh, to alcohol. So um, that's that's something to keep in mind. Uh, we know there's an association with ADHD and uh, nicotine exposure in the womb, and this, this can play a part in that. And um, as I said, there's, there's again, like the uh, associations with genetics. But uh, if we think about some of the, um, some of the uh, you know, connotations of what I just said in terms of the plastic additives, and this is just one example, there's other uh, pollutants that are associated with ADHD and a variety of other, you know, health consequences that uh, people may be exposed to just from, you know, just from living in a polluted area. And very often we know that uh, people from lower socioeconomic status are the people that are often living in areas that are highly polluted. So that should give us a clue on some of the, you know, some of the social aspects um, of ADHD because it's not just pure biology. It's, it's actually uh, has much bigger connotations. And we can think about uh, parenting styles. We can think about, you know, if the kids that, that develop this um, ha have stable homes, um, this this can also be can also play a factor, and uh, very often, and I know this is another topic that correlates or that is connected with ADHD in children is um, the impact, you know, the the um, misdiagnosis or you know diagnosing too many kids with the condition, and this can be an issue, especially if there's. Uh, situations where you know you know problems in the house you know the kid may just be anxious or may just be trauma or maybe traumatized and, and act in a certain way that could look like ADHD but is not necessarily that so these are these are things to keep in mind I want to mention another controversy uh, well that's mostly controversial in, in Europe and some European countries and that's related to um, the drugs that are used to treat ADHD. Um, this is actually quite a heated topic, but to me, it's um, I'm I'm pretty I'm not uh, I'm pretty neutral on it in terms of the literature. I have the people I know who take them. There seems to be a, a normalizing effect in terms of people who have real ADHD and take um, their medication like uh, stimulants, Ritalin, uh, Adderall, these types of things, uh, and, and don't abuse them. So one, that's one of the, you know, one of the bad names that stimulants get in terms of um, ADHD is this misconception that people with ADHD tend to abuse them. Uh, very often it's actually people who don't have ADHD 
and uh, that, that tend to abuse them. But if taken correctly, these drugs can help. Uh, there's other drugs that are used to treat uh, or to manage this condition, non-stimulants. Uh, there's uh, Stratera, which is a tamoxetin, and it, it is also helpful. It has, in terms of um, proof or how, how effective it is, it's a little less effective than the stimulants, but some people prefer it because, um, and I know people with ADHD who prefer it because they just don't feel comfortable with taking a stimulant or with saying, you know, I might get addicted. Well, I mean, that's ultimately one's choice and one should speak with their own medical doctor, psychiatrist about what works best and try out different medication, different dosages. So that's, that's my uh, stance on that. Uh, there's actually now even brain studies showing that uh, some of these drugs basically normalize a lot of the uh, brain functions that that we see with ADHD because in terms of ADHD and the brain there's quite a lot of uh, issues in terms of uh, areas of the brain communicating with each other as well as um, some connection with the dopamine system not functioning properly and these and I mean there's a mountain of, of new research uh, on this topic but the dopamine system is obvious. That's uh, in terms of why drugs like, I don't know, Ritalin, which are dopaminergic drugs, so they work on the dopamine system, would have some kind of benefit um, for this condition. Now, in terms of new paradigms and getting back to adults with ADHD, uh, one of the things that I'm most interested in is connected with everyday behaviors. So what I, I started calling lifestyle. Uh, and, and one of the big things here is actually technology. And technology as in smartphones, um, for some people, depending on the age, computer usage, uh, browsing the internet. Um, this. This has been actually one of the greatest hindrances for people with ADHD uh, in terms of you know, getting their work done. And I don't want to be misunderstood here. Uh, some people may work online, have ADHD, work on like as an IT person for it, for instance, but still suffer through having these unnecessary distractions and impulsions in terms of uh, you know using video games for instance um, and i would just like to mention quickly one of the things that is common um, in in all you know diagnoses you have also a um, a gender disparity in a lot of uh, conditions and in terms of adhd it is primarily diagnosed in uh, boys. Now, this doesn't mean that uh, girls don't get it or that, you know, that, that it's, it's just a, a, a male disease. It's, it's actually seen in both, in, in both genders, but in terms of diagnosis, there's 
kind of this uh, stereotype or these expectations that um, about how it should look like. And very often, uh, girls are act in a more, um, let's say, socially acceptable way in terms of uh, having ADHD and being in a classroom. So they may be distracted. They may be uh, hyperactive in some ways. They're the you know the the teachers are not really uh, looking for for the types of behaviors that they may do. Like there were some descriptions and articles which you know uh, they they looked at distractible uh, boys and distractible girls, and the girls were often described as like spacey, you know, thinking, uh, daydreaming, whereas the boys were off, were more often described as you know this person has ADD. Um, which which is an important thing to think about here, and I'm just tying that in with um, with uh, what to expect also in terms of video games addiction because in digital media uh, guys tend to become more hooked on playing games, um, and um, girls often are more addicted to social media platforms and. I would also mention that this, and I don't mean to derail going on to this topic again, but uh, the issue in terms of um, stereotypes of certain mental health issues is something that shouldn't be underestimated. And I say this because if we look at other conditions, like let's say depression, depression is stereotypically has the, the female symptoms as what you expect and unfortunately for for men who are depressed um, the symptoms are not always uh, corresponding to what you know the dsm says and this can create a lot of problems and this is the same issue with adhd although i think that in um, depression it can be more dangerous but i don't want to uh, minimize um, so getting back uh, to what I was saying with uh, lifestyles and digital, you know, technologies, smartphones, this is um, something that is a big deal with ADHD because uh, when people are, people have ADHD and they're not treated, it doesn't mean that they will just be you know, hyperactive and impulsive and uh, all over the place, uh, like I am sometimes. But it can be, it can be associated with very bad results in terms of health. And some of these can include higher rates of accidents and uh, addictions. Very often people with ADHD may self-medicate. And what, what is, what is that? associated with is usually higher rates of uh, cannabis use, uh, which may or, you know, if done in excess can be harmful. Um, higher rates of cigarette smoking and um, other rates of other addictions such as cocaine addiction. And in terms of these, in terms of these things, um, some of the drugs, and I've mentioned it in previous interviews, so Nicotine, uh, which, as I said before, if exposed in the womb, is associated with higher rates of ADHD. 
has also been found to have beneficial effects on ADHD symptoms. Uh, so that's, that's quite paradoxical in some way. And it can also help with um, things like schizophrenia and psychosis. But of course, it, it is extremely addictive and it is a toxic substance. So um, that's important to know. And other, other things, um, you know, other addictions, these classical addictions, let's call them, um, let's say like cocaine addiction. Uh, very often people with ADHD may find a little bit of a benefit from the stimulants. But again, um, there were actual studies on this, uh, believe it or not, where they looked at other like illegal stimulants such as cocaine and whether they are helpful with ADHD and they have, they don't have much benefit. They have a little bit, but um, the medication are much safer uh, in terms of, you know, the effects and they are, um, you know, they don't have that huge up and down and come down and things of that sort. Um, in terms of cannabis, it's interesting because um, it has been found to be helpful with ADHD in some cases, uh, especially in terms of emotional regulation. So many times people with ADHD can be impulsive or get angry uh, easily. And with cannabis, it's been found to help with that but it doesn't help uh, a lot of the other issues like focusing. And this depends, of course, because you may have like the higher CBD um, cannabis, which may actually help with focusing. But when you have very high THC uh, and not, a, not as much like CBD to counterbalance the effects, you can have, uh, you know, you can have negative effects. So these are... These are all important things to think about. And in terms of adults uh, with ADHD, uh, unfortunately in, in the Czech Republic and much of Europe, there hasn't been uh, much of a movement to treat uh, this population. So, it's getting a little bit better now, but due to the idea that it is just a childhood condition, people may struggle in finding a psychiatrist or a therapist who works with that condition specifically. And so there are, and, and, and so there are a lot of uh, people that, that often ask me, you know, some tips, or even in, when, when I do uh, counseling or therapy with them, ask me like, you know, some advice outside of medication. And there's many um, things that people can do. Um, and I get back to technology use. One of the things is really limiting the use of, of your smartphones in terms of uh, things like, you know, social media, in terms of having all these notifications pop up because that can get really uh, addictive for, for some people. And also, yeah, like being mindful of, of the use of, of smartphones and uh, even social media and how it can like distract you from everyday things or even um, many people get very uh, bogged down or get angry. They may, um, 
you know, they may be arguing on social media about politics or uh, personal things that are really um, not worth it because you're, it's a digital environment. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't really, it's not real. So that's my personal opinion, by the way, but um, it's, it's helpful to do some kind of a detox. It's helpful to uh, try to moderate oneself. And I wish to also uh, connect with some of the previous topics that I covered in, in, um, in the interviews. And one of the interviews I did um, with Radek Tacek, who was also a, like co-author and author of various articles I was um, writing and involved with, uh, he, he mentioned quite a bit on lifestyles and like things like diet. And it's important to keep this holistic idea, this holistic approach, because in terms of ADHD, what, what I found, what we found in, in the study we did in Czech on adults with ADHD, is that the diet part is really off with a lot of these adults. And the interesting part is that they're very aware of it. They're very aware that, you know, they eat junk food, they eat uh, fat and, and sugar, fat and salt, and they tend to, you know, not exercise as much as they should. And that's, that's a shame because, and, and actually that, that was a correlation in terms of intensity of symptoms. You had things like lower amounts of exercise and poor diet were associated with higher rates of symptoms and lower levels of, um, let's say, uh, functionality in everyday life. Whereas you could have somebody with ADHD who exercises, who does running or may do like, you know, uh, sports and it helps with the symptoms and that's, that's important. And also some supplements that were looked at that could be helpful are things like omega-3 fatty acids. Um, there was some stuff on theanine that I'm a big fan of. Um, there are other like amino acids that can have a slight helping effect. And uh, a lot of these are helpful in conjunction with medication. So one that comes to my mind right now is uh, acetylcysteine, which is, um, it's a, it's used for dissolving mucus, but it's also used to detoxify the liver. And it has uh, various impacts on the brain in terms of replenishing glutathione. And so that can be helpful. Um, and in terms of, in terms of um, diet, again, like, like it was mentioned, eating real food, uh, you know, some people are plant-based, that's great. Um, but getting, you know, eating as like as the least amount of processed food, which I be honest, I don't always follow these advices, but um, it does make a difference. And also reconnecting with nature somehow, like taking breaks, going out, disconnecting from um, technology, disconnecting from gaming once in a while. And in terms of therapy, 
what I recommend is if you're a student or if you're somebody uh, who's struggling with ADHD and maybe you're already being seen, maybe you already take your, your medication, I would, I would try to uh, set up a support group. And you can do that at the university, you know, hopefully with, with uh, the COVID situation improving. Uh, you could set it up at a you know, community center and have a support group for people struggling with um, ADHD or people that are addicted to uh, technology or other, other drugs. But I would say keep it within the ADHD uh, framework because you will find a lot of people and even people who, who think they may have it um, that you can, you can talk to. Now, these, you know, and, and in terms of concrete things that you can do on a day-to-day -day life, one big aspect of improvement, and this is not just for ADHD, but in general with all sorts of uh, mental health issues and not just mental health issues, just to live a better life, is to set up a uh, routine that is a healthy routine. So getting up at the same time every day, trying to go to bed at the same time every day, um, including a regimen of exercise in, in your day. Uh, for some, including some kind of spiritual practice, some kind of meditation, and it can start simple, you know, you just, you can just sit in the silence, focus on monitoring your breath. Uh, it can really, you know, do deep breathing exercises. It can really be um, quite effective, especially after, you know, a full day at work or things like, um, you know, like being exposed to social media and a lot of the toxicity that, you may run into online and and that and that also you know includes having like regular meals um at certain hours and trying to connect you know trying to connect with people um on a day-to-day -day basis and if we want to go deep being more authentic with yourself and with others speaking uh truthfully and even being open about your condition in terms of people you can trust, um, you know, saying, oh, I have some hard time with, with this, with my um, emotions or uh, with concentrating, this helps, this doesn't help. And this, of course, you need to be a little careful with who you say that to, but uh, people you can trust, friends, and, and they should, you know, this will help you also be a little bit more honest with yourself and with others. Also, if you're somebody who is addicted to gaming and you know any other types of addictions, and you may and you think you may have also this ADHD, uh, I would seek out therapy and um, also uh, seeking out a type of reward system because with addiction we are basically rewarding ourselves, rewarding our brains, whether that's through gambling, uh, you know, the sh short thrill of, of the gambling, or uh, playing a game, or uh, smoking a cigarette, anything uh, where we set ourselves up 
And this was something that was mentioned, that I mentioned with uh, my guest again uh, a few days ago, last week, sorry, um, in terms of uh, mindset and addiction. And if we set ourselves up where we think that a certain drug or a certain you know, game or whatever is relieving us or putting, you know, resolving certain issues, then we're already at, um, at a point where we could be at risk of addiction. And we, we could set up other types of rewards um, for doing things like that make you more productive. So I don't know, doing an hour of work um, or two hours of work and then setting up specific break at each, you know, hour, doing a walk, doing, you know, maybe eating something that will satisfy you without exaggerating. And those, those could be examples and these could also be worked on with a therapist. And I would also, I would also say, yeah, to take it, you know, to, to accept yourself for this and um, for having or being distractible, hyperactive, uh, it's part of you and there's, it doesn't need to hold you back. So um, that would be, that would be an important message. And in terms of mindset, I mentioned, I mentioned again, like pre, and the, I mentioned again in the previous episode. Uh, well, if somebody feels like crap, and somebody's, um, you know, anxious all day, and he has a, you know, a drink of uh, wine. Well, and then he feels a little better. Well, does that is that a bad thing? And my guest said, well, yes, it is because. It's like the you know it can be a, a precessor to addiction, um, and I would say it depends on the mindset. If you are able to you know say well just have one uh, drink of wine without just for the taste without saying you know it's it's my medicine or something stupid, uh, then then your mindset is different. Likewise, if you have ADHD and you have the mindset that oh you know I have ADHD poor me uh, it's holding me back and uh, I can't do these things like the other people well that's again putting you in a place of um, weakness and it doesn't have to be that way so you, you can be uh, ADHD and extremely ha happy and, and successful and there's ways to manage it and so my message is um, if you feel like you're an adult, you have ADHD, there's a way out. And uh, my recommendation is to really think about your daily life and what you do and how you, you know, approach things, uh, whether you spend too much time doing things that aren't productive, aren't helping you be happier or being, a, you know, being a, a productive person, then really think about, you know, reevaluating your lifestyle and doing what you can in whatever situation you may be in. And it doesn't even need to, it doesn't even need to be um, 
you know, going to a therapist if you're if you're not ready yet. It could be, um, you know, grassroots. It could be setting up a support group. You know, it doesn't. There may be free spaces that that you don't even have to pay for, and you'll find some people. And I'm sure there will be even people that are open to give tips and help regarding this uh, type of thing. So for this solo cast, that's um, I'm closing and uh, looking forward to our next interview. I will have uh, Mikaela Stusarev. We will be talking about digital addictions and we will be talking about kids and digital addictions and even uh, another topic which is uh, relevant today uh, addiction to pornography and especially in the young kids because this is something that is happening very often kids these days are, are exposed to sex uh, through pornography at very early age and how we can you know how it can um, kind of distort their ideas um, about sexuality and what are some of the solutions. So, everybody have a great day and uh, catch you at the next interview.